0: Psalm 119 again this morning. Last week we looked at uh, several things, uh, verses 1 through 8. And if you remember, uh, this uh, chapter that we have here uh, in the Bible is broken up into 22 stanzas uh, based on the Hebrew alphabet. And so here we are in the second letter of the alphabet, uh, verses 9 through 16. And last week, if you remember, we looked at the observation of godliness or the observation of God's blessing, and then a desire for that, and then a determination to do those things that, that he had observed or to do the Word of God in verses 1 through 8. And so, but today we kind of shift gears, and as we go into this sec- second section or stanza, and we'll look at how to live a pure life, and how to have purity, and... Um, <clears throat> Bookshelves are filled with how-to books. Um, I went to uh, a while ago, I, I guess over a year ago when I was in Kentucky before I got deployed, um, I went to the Christian bookstore, and I still couldn't believe how many how-to and, and get well or how to be better and all these different kind of things, kind of books there were. And all I couldn't help but think is we have it right here. And, uh, but now we have the interwebs, right? you got the internet. Uh, YouTube, and I don't know, there's other sh- video sites out there. And, and uh, there are, I mean, countless people sharing their expertise or lack thereof on the, the internet, right? And uh, I could go figure out how to fix something on my pickup right there, and it'll show me step by step. Somebody's got a video tearing, tearing their Duramax apart and putting it back together and, and all of those kind of things. And uh, there is no doubt that people want to know how to do certain things. And uh, we're, oh, this passage opens up with a question, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? And so the question is, uh, by what means can somebody do such a thing? And uh, <clears throat> people want to know how to do things. And uh, today's text, we see that question of how to live a pure life, if you will. And uh, I, I submit to you this morning, whenever there's a question in life Uh, the best place to turn to is the word of God. Now I get it, right? You're not going to, if you have a question about how to fix your truck, you're probably not going to go to Psalm 119. Uh, And so that's not what I'm saying. But um, when we have the things in life that, 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 uh, bring question or we want to know some answers about how to live this life, the word of God is the best place to go to. And, uh, for, we say for all things of faith and practice, right? That's kind of the, the tag phrase that we see. So let's read this passage here and pray. And I'll just share a few things about memorizing, verbalizing, and personalizing the Word of God. Uh, those are three things that we can do to, to live a pure life. But let's read this and then have a word of prayer. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. O let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in heart that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies, as much as in all riches. I will meditate in thy precepts, and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. Father, today we do thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to gather together. Lord, we do thank you to, for the privilege to do that as a free people, and we just pray for your blessing upon our services. Lord, I pray that you would meet with each other in Sunday school class. Lord, bless the teachers, fill them with your spirit, and I pray that each one in this building today would learn something from your word that would help us to be better Christians, and Lord, for those that may not know Christ, Lord, that you would work in their heart, help them to see their need of Christ, and they would turn to him for salvation today. And Father, we do thank you for our nation, uh, Lord, but we know that it's in trouble, and Father, we pray for your intervention. We pray for our president and for the vice president and uh, our representatives this morning. Father, we just ask, Lord, that you would do work in their hearts. Lord, you're the only one that can change their heart. Lord, no argument or discussion or, or the things that we can present to them, Lord, but you and your word alone. And I pray, Lord, that you would send somebody their way, Lord, that they would hear the word of God and see their need of a Savior and that they would turn to Christ. Father, I pray that the people of God in our nation would rise up and be bold and uh, their witness, and Lord, that they would, Lord, as we we're going to look at today, that they would live a pure life, Lord, in a life that would be honoring to you, Lord, and that you would bless that, Lord, and that you would bless our nation. And Father, Lord, for uh, this Mallory, this young uh, woman, Lord, that's been, uh, Lord, given such a, Lord, no doubt, a uh, just a discouraging diagnosis, but Father, we know that you're able, and Father, we just pray for your healing hand there. We pray, Lord, for comfort. Lord, no doubt they're in, in some some deep waters now of discouragement and uh, potentially, Lord, and Father, we just pray for your hand of peace and, and comfort in this family and, Lord, with the husband as well. And, Father, we just pray, Lord, that you'd bring healing. And, Lord, through all of it, Lord, we pray that you'd be glorified. And now we pray for your blessing this morning on our Sunday school hour. Lord, use your word in a way that would draw us near to you. In Jesus' name, amen. And so here we have this question, wherewithal? And uh, young men and and really young people in general, I looked that up, it really does uh, primarily focus on young men uh, there, but uh, no doubt it's all-inclusive, really. Uh, Young ladies can be uh, in actually one of the the definitions from Strong's that said a damsel. And so I believe it applies to everyone in this room this morning, Uh, maybe not because of your age, but because You are a man or a woman. Uh, There are some older folks in here this morning, and we're glad you're here. Um, But no doubt, young people, and especially young men, are prone to youthful lusts. Uh, The Word of God warns against that. It says, flee also youthful lusts. And and we have a temptation to walk, especially as young people, uh, in ways that are contrary to God. And I came across this note in, in Barnes' Bible notes, and I'm going to read it to you. It's, it's, uh, I thought it was pretty appropriate here, and it was in reference to this. It says, uh, What means shall a young man adapt by which he may cleanse his way? It indicates a state of inquiry. The case supposed is that of a young man pondering the question how he may be saved from the corruptions of his own heart and escape the temptations to which he is exposed in early years and lead a pure and upright life. There can be no more important inquiry for one just entering the journey of life. There can be found nowhere a more just and comprehensive answer that is contained in this single verse. All the precepts of ancient and modern wisdom, all the teachings of pagan morality and religion, and all the results of the experience of mankind could furnish nothing in addition to what is here suggested. The world has no higher wisdom than this by which to guide a young man so that he may lead a holy life. And so we see that question wherewith. And so by what means can a young person, and this morning I submit to you, by what means can any person uh, cleanse their way? And the answer is given by taking heed thereto according to thy word. And so we see by taking heed or giving attention to the word of God, We can answer that question or we can live a pure life. And uh, we're going to go over just some practical things this morning uh, about cleansing our way. Um, But I want to I I know that not everybody in here is young. I get that. I I consider myself young still. Um, I know physically my body doesn't feel as young as it once was. But um, I know some of you might have passed that mark where you don't necessarily consider yourself young. Um, But I I would just remind you that it is paramount to begin the cleansing process at a young age. Uh, Very important. And so as we, as the older of the church, uh, begin teaching the younger folks coming up, uh, we need to encourage them that at a young age to create these habits Um, and not wait till they're older. Uh, We often develop our habits or manners of life in our younger years. Uh, I know that to be true in my own experience in life. Uh, The things that I didn't necessarily know were going to become my habits or the norms. Now that I'm older, I'm kind of set in my ways, and that's how things are. And so as young people, uh, we need to make sure that those things don't go unchecked and lead us into trouble. Right? And and, uh, it's easier to get habits right when you're younger. Uh, because as believers, as we get old and settled in our ways, we want to ensure that those ways are the ways of the Lord. Uh, you know what I mean? So, so as we begin as young people to set some things in motion to create habits or our practices of life, uh, we ought to make those the ways of the Lord. And so, and of course, we know the, the most simplest way to do that is by taking heed to the Word of God. And, and, and so we're going to kind of develop that thought a little bit more today. But um. The good news is uh, we can thank God for the transforming power of his word, even at the older ages, we can be cleansed. And so God's word is not bound to those youthful years where it's ineffective once we get to a certain age. No, that's not the case. And so um, as we look at this this morning, I just want to remind you that the word of God is able to continue to work in your life, regardless of your age. It's not just for young people. Um, <clears throat> wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? And so by taking heed thereto according to thy word. And, and so this first thing this morning I want you to focus on is, is memorizing God's word it is a way to take heed, if you will, to give attention to. Um, the world tells us to sow our wild oats when we're young and then to settle down when we're old. I, everybody in this room has probably heard that. Maybe one of you older folks created that saying, I don't know. Um, uh, but we... That's a destructive lie of the devil. Uh, that idea that we can just sow these wild oats and those things, and, and we can get those things right to, and when we get older, and, and we can kind of settle down and begin living a moral life, if you will, when we get older, all that does is creates needless suffering and regret in later life. Um, and it's not you found anywhere in the Scripture. Uh, God wants to get a hold of us at a young age. And, and so I submit to you, maybe as a young Christian, Right. Some people get saved later in life. And so definitely as a young Christian, it's very important. Praise the Lord for our new discipleship class. Right. That that young Christians can get into the word of God and they can get some things that they really need uh, to get grounded in the faith. And so um, we don't want to put things off uh, until later in life when we have regret and in frustrations. And listen, God wants us to have an abundant life. Uh, And he wants us to have an abundant life uh, that's pure. Uh, You don't have to have uh, immoral things in your life to have fun. Uh, You can have an abundant, blessed life that is pure. And that's not what the world has to offer, right? The world, you know, you got to participate in all these filthy things in order to have a good time. And to enjoy life. And, and uh, if you've been a Christian for any length of time, I trust you understand that that's not true. And, and again, as the older people of the church, I would encourage us to tell the younger folks that. Because yeah. the message that they receive oftentimes from the world is the opposite. Yeah. And, and so as we've been doing this for a couple of years now, uh, we need to share with them. Uh, uh, pastor kind of touched on it in, in the message this morning. And uh, we can be some Debbie Downers. And, and sometimes we can get disgruntled, we can get angry, we can get bitter in the Christian life. And nobody wants uh, to be the old bump on the log that's just always grumpy. But sometimes that happens in our churches. And so what our young people see, the disgruntled old guy. That's Christian. He's been in church for 50 years. That's great. That's what God has for me, the abundant life right here. Uh, listen, we ought to demonstrate the abundant life that God has given us. And 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 we can do it... Uh, in purity uh, through the word of God. And so um, while God's ways are the best ways for any stage in life, um, it's never too late to get started. Uh, But we can't underemphasize the importance of doing it young. But this morning, regardless of our age, we keep our way pure by taking heed to the word of God. Uh, And this really leads us to another question there in verse 10, uh, how we live according to God's word. Look at verse 10. It says, With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. And, and really, you see the prayer in these verses. And, and I would say prayer is where purity begins. And uh, we can confess our sins uh, and become clean. Uh, we must seek God by asking him to help us. We can't find purity without God's help in, in our nature. Uh, It's corrupt and defiled and depraved, and and, uh, we need God. And and in this fallen world, our hearts are warped by evil desires uh, with lusts. We have envying, pride and greed, uh, resentments and selfishness and bitterness. And and, uh, listen, we can drive, or if we try to drive these fallen nature or these uh, fallen natural desires without God's intervention, we can make things worse um and in luke chapter 11 in verses 24 and 25 jesus describes a man who has an unclean spirit uh that is uh out of him that is sent out of him the man cleans up his life so to speak so the house of his heart is clean if you will in that order however in verse uh 26 the spirit returns and finds the man's heart cleaned up but still empty uh, and look at what verse 26 says and what Jesus describes there. It says in verse 26 in Matthew chapter, or Luke chapter 11, Then goeth he and taketh to him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter in and dwell there, and the last state of the man is worse than the first. This is not something that we can do of ourselves. When we talk about cleaning up our lives, there's a lot of, and I don't know, I'm not familiar with a lot of the programs that are out there, and so, but, but I do know most of them talk about just abstaining for the sake of abstaining, and, and, and many of them do look to higher authorities and those types of things, but listen, we can't create just a vacuum in our hearts. We can't just attempt in and of ourselves to eliminate these things. Uh, and, and I believe Jesus illustrates this in this story. By getting rid of the evil in our lives is not enough because it only leaves emptiness. So personal reforms alone will only lead to disaster. Uh, it's not of ourselves. We must fill our hearts and minds with the word of God so that the power of his spirit can give us Christ-like desires. So that old nature, if you will, goes and, and we get... Uh, the new nature, if you will, and, and we must be, have Christ-like desires, but in order to get that, we need the word of God. And uh, Philippians 2.13 says that God, which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure, right? So God wants to work and, and to do these things. And, and so along with this petitioning for, God's, petitioning for God's help here that we see the psalmist give, uh, asking for God's help, we find another secret to having a godly heart. In verse 11, Thy word have I hidden mine heart that I might not sin against thee. And so we hide the word of God in our hearts. Uh, the Hebrew word translated hide means to reserve. It has the idea to reserve. Uh, it reversed the memorizing God's word so it was ready, readily available for use. Because the reality is we will face temptation again. We will face uh, opportunities to sin again. And so we must have the word of God in reserve or ready for use to combat those things Uh, with the help of the Holy Spirit, of course. Excuse me. How much of God's word do you have in reserve for the coming tests in your life? Are you hiding his word? Are you memorizing his word? Is it in reserve? Uh, Because we know testing will come. You will be put to the test. Uh, We can look at example after example in the Word of God of of the saints of God being tested. Uh, And we see the example of our Savior being tested. And what does He use? The Word of God. And so if we have not got the Word of God hidden in our hearts, if we have not laid that stuff up in our hearts... And we're just attempting to not do those evil things in and of ourselves. Uh, we've created ourselves. And I believe this is really why uh, many folks in what appears to be uh, godly people that are serving the Lord, really it's like they just fall off the deep end. It's like, whoa, it was this and now wait, it's extreme. It's because they really haven't got the word of God in their life. Um, and definitely they've let those things slip for sure. But uh, But listen to me this morning. You need to have the word of God in your life. Uh, we ought to be memorizing the Word of God, and uh, <clears throat> if you're not, start. And it's really not hard. I remember when I first started going to the Christian school; uh, it was the Book of Ephesians we were going to memorize that school year. It blew my mind. I was like, "There's no way, memorize the Book of Ephesians? You're out of your mind." Um, but they weren't. It's doable. It just and I memorized that, and um, I quoted it because we had to quote it back to one of the teachers in the school in order to get credit saying that we memorized it. If we didn't memorize it, I don't remember what the consequences were. But, um, and so, but and it just takes some effort. And as we're going to look at here in a few moments, if we delight in it, it's like eating dessert, really. It's not going to be hard. It's not going to be troublesome or challenging. I mean, it would be challenging in the sense that you're challenging yourself to do something, but not challenging in the sense that it's a, a difficult task to under, overcome that's un, uh, unenjoyable if you're delighting in the Word of God. And so how much do you have reserved up for those times of testing? Are you ready for those times of testing? You can be sure that they're coming. Uh, Jesus also tells the disciples in John 15:3, Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Uh, The word clean there means to be pure. Uh, It is a picture of God's word pruning away sinful parts of our lives so we can become more fruitful. As we store up God's truth in our hearts, there's no more room for the old lies that led us astray. In turn, uh, our lives or we grow in purity. Purity. And so as you get those things out of your life that ought not be there and you fill it with the word of God, you begin living a more pure life. Uh, because when you're tempted or tested, you have the tools or the weapons you need to combat those things that weren't there before because you didn't have it in your life. And so because you had hit it in your heart, uh, you were ready for those instances. In John 17, Jesus also asks God to do what for us? Sanctify them, through, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. The word of God empowers us to live pure, fruitful lives if we're hiding it in our hearts. Um, I, I came across this, I, I believe it was by an old preacher that's dead now. Um, a great way, to, he said this, a great way to understand Psalm 119.11 is to outline it like this. <clears throat> so if you, let's read verse 11 one more time. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Number one, he says this, the best possession I have is God's word. Number two, the best place for it is in my heart. Not on the coffee table, not on the bookshelf, but in your heart. And he says the best purpose is that I might not sin against God. And I'm afraid today many Christians are living uh, just weak, uh, defeated lives because they're not making the matter of having God's word in their heart a serious matter. They're living defeated because they don't have the word of God uh, to lean on and to guide and to direct them in their decisions and in their their moments of temptation or in their moments of frustration. Uh, And so uh, is that your greatest possession? God's word? Is that word in your heart? Listen, we could have a much more pure life if we would just hide God's word in our heart. That we might not sin against him. Only God's word can help us attain and maintain moral purity. We're not going to do it of ourselves. We're not going to do it because we're in a group and we meet occasionally. Uh, that's not going to happen. It's going to be because we have God's word in our heart and we must memorize God's word. And, and number two this morning, let's verbalize God's word. Uh, look at verse 12, and we read in verse 12, and it says, Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. And, and we cannot understand God's word by ourselves, so we need God himself and the person of the Holy Spirit to be our teacher. Verse 13, blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. Uh, we need a teacher. Um, the Holy Spirit is our teacher. Uh, we need the Holy Spirit uh, to help us comprehend the Bible and apply it to our lives. Commentaries are good. Uh, I listen to a lot of other preaching. Um, sometimes I get distracted with it. I found this new podcast and it's good old preaching or something like that. And it's a lot of like old school fiery stuff. It's really good stuff, but, but uh, it's really that kind of stuff. And, and, uh, but listen, there's no better teacher than the spirit. And oftentimes preaching is spirit led. I, I would hope most of the time. I don't think we can say all of the time. Um, But John 14, 26, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I've said unto you. And so we need to ask God to teach us uh, via the Holy Spirit. And and I want to remind you uh, of Isaiah 55, 9, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts, we can't comprehend the things of God on our own. We need the Holy Spirit to teach us, and we must ask God to teach us. He says there, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. Uh, And so as we uh, read the Word of God, and as we begin memorizing the Word of God, and, and trying to hide that in our heart, we need to be asking God to teach us. Those things that he wants us to learn from his spirit. And it's amazing how God does it because it does, you know, I go to school sometimes, right? Thankfully, I'm not in school anymore, but um, there's a lesson plan, a syllabus, right? And they lays it out there. Um, I'm looking at doing some, they call it skill bridge uh, potentially. And you have to have a lesson plan for this. And so, you know, how do lessons work, right? Maybe you start with the ABCs before you start writing a word, right? Um, that's not always how God works. It's not always systematic in order on how we might want it. Uh, because the Holy Spirit and God knows what we need the most at the right time. And, and so I submit to you, we have no greater teacher than God himself that can reveal the things that we need to know at the time that we need to know them. Um, we, the discipleship class and I, am thankful for that. I'm not criticizing it in any way, but listen, that doesn't mean everybody's going to comprehend it in the order that that's laid out and it's going to make the sense to them. And the first time they look at that stuff, it's going to click. The Holy Spirit might work in a different way as they develop and grow. Uh, I believe the Lord shielded me from some things in the word of God that I wasn't able to receive at times. And then the Holy Spirit reveals those things and be like, man, that's been there the whole time. What a blessing, but God can teach us and grow us. And so listen, are you memorizing God's word and are you uh, asking the Holy Spirit to teach you? And you say, what does that have to do with verbalizing it? Look at verse 13. With my lips, I've declared all these judgments of thy mouth. And and so one of the best ways to reinforce what you learn is to verbalize, say it aloud. Um, they, They say that, you know, in ALS and all these different speech classes I've taken, you know, you rehearse it in front of the mirror and those things. And you kind of see how you, or record yourself and then watch it or listen to it. That's the worst thing to do. But, but it's, I say the worst thing, it's uncomfortable to do, but you really can improve. Um, but we can, by verbalizing the word of God, learn the word of God in a greater way than if we did not. And he says, with my lips have I declared all thy judgments uh, all the judgments of thy mouth. And so, say it aloud, when you tell someone what you've learned, there are two people listening, them and you, right? When you rehearse those things uh, of the Word of God, when you give testimony of what God's done to you, it will help confirm once again in your own mind what God's doing in, in confirming God's Word in your life. And, and so verbalizing the Word of God, um, <clears throat> if you really want to learn God's Word, uh, get busy teaching, uh, right? I'm telling you, you, you want to learn the word of God. If you th- want, before you get in front of a crowd of people, you don't want to look like an idiot, right? It's like, boy, uh, I want to say something coherent, you know, that makes sense, right? And so uh, begin teaching the word of God and, and uh, listen, just begin talking about it with someone else. Um, begin sharing the things that God's doing in your life. Listen, husband and wife, you ought to be doing that. Right? Sharing what God's doing. Um, And regardless of how uncomfortable it can be at times. Because marriage is uncomfortable at times. Not to say my marriage is uncomfortable right now because it's really good. Deuteronomy 6 and verse 7. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And shalt talk of them when thou sittest in the the house. And when thou walkest by the way. And when thou liest down. And when thou risest up. We should be verbalizing the Word of God. Uh, The people at work ought to think we're a little weird because we are verbalizing the Word of God. Uh, When you slip up at work and say, praise the Lord or amen, what's going on over here? But I've noticed the the more you slip up and the more it becomes normal at work, guess what? They just accept that that's how you are. And and listen, it creates more opportunities to go even deeper because they believe that you're a Christian and you have some... My door, people, I can't get work done because people are banging on my door all the time. Part of that's just because of my position. But some of it is people are looking for advice, guidance, direction. And listen, um, uh, I'm thankful for being able to witness and share the things of God and Christ with people at work. But if I didn't slip up occasionally, they would have no idea I was even a Christian. I've slipped up on purpose, by the way, get people's attention. Give, give a second look. This guy's crazy. He really believes that stuff? Yeah. But guess what? When they lay their head on that pillow at night, they're pondering those things because the word of God will not return void. Yeah. And so listen, when we're verbalizing the word of God, and, and we looked at Deuteronomy, we're in homes and, and obviously to the children and those things, but this is by the, in the way, right? They're just walking about in the way, going about their business. They're verbalizing and thinking of the word of God. It becomes easy to verbalize the word of God when you have it memorized. It's hard to verbalize it if you don't have it memorized. And so memorizing and verbalizing the Word of God are great ways to keep ourselves pure because it's constantly there. Uh, It's hard to sin when you're meditating on Scripture. Uh, It really is hard to sin when you're meditating on Scripture. I think I missed some things here, but we're going to press on anyway. Finally, personalize God's Word. Look at verses 14 through 16. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. And so we need to make the word of God personal in our lives. Uh, it's natural to delight in the pleasant things that happen to us, right? When we get a gift, boy, we're, those are, that's great. We, maybe you get a new job or uh, some material blessing, and uh, we delight in those things. And, uh, but to maintain spiritual purity, we must delight in God's Word more than we delight in earthly pleasantries. Uh, more than we delight in earthly pleasantries. God's Word is our greatest treasure, so we should rejoice in it. Do you really account God's Word as your greatest treasure? Uh, I find uh, th- as I grow in Christ, the more dear the word of God becomes to me. And uh, <clears throat> to deeply personalize God's word, we must meditate on it. He says, I will meditate in thy precepts. Uh, in there in verse 15, and, and have respect unto thy ways. Uh, to meditate, and I know you guys know this, but I'm going to remind you again, means to ponder uh, or to converse. And look, I find this interesting with oneself and hence allowed even, right? We talked about verbalizing it, to utter, uh, to commune, to declare, to meditate, to muse on these things, to pray. You can pray the word of God and, and to talk of them. Listen, we must make the word personal. Uh, apply it to all angles or areas of your life. And uh, to meditate on the word of God. Who knows how to worry? Do you know how to worry? There's probably not a person in this room that doesn't know how to worry. Um, We're good at that. Meditation in in the Word of God is really the flip side of worry. So if you know how to worry, you can meditate. Uh, When I start worrying, before I know it, Cindy's got cancer and the kids are dead in a car crash somewhere and I got fired, right? All of a sudden, you can come up with all the worst case scenarios. You know, oh, Caleb went to work and man, he's running a little bit late. He's, there's a fiery car accident. He's dead. It's, it's got to be. Because that's where we take ourselves in worry. We just we look at all the opportunities, all the options, right? You know, you think, well, this, I haven't heard from him, and so this is going to, ha- oh, he had to drive that road and there's snow, and oh, and, and next thing you know, you, you're all caught up. And so uh, meditating is the same thing with the Word of God and taking and looking at that from all angles and how to apply it to your personal life, how to bring that thing home. And so, listen, we spend a lot of time worrying oftentimes. Uh, listen, stop and meditate. Uh, maybe find a scripture that helps you through that thing that you're worrying about. Uh, and, and look at one of God's promises, perhaps, that can help you through that time. Uh, when, we, when we worry, we take that negative thought and concentrate on it, and we just think about it over and over. Uh, that's what we ought to be doing with scripture thinking about it over and over and, and how we can apply it to our lives. And, and uh, <clears throat> to meditate on God's word is such an important thing. We ought to fix our eyes on God's word, considering it over and over in our mind. I will meditate in thy precepts, and look what it says, and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. and. And so you see that the uh, psalmist here, he was memorizing the word of God and he vocalized the word of God and, and he meditates in the word of God and because he has done all this, he's not gonna forget these things. Uh, but delight. Do you delight in the word of God? Are you fixed on the things of God and, and his word and um, <clears throat> Cindy and I have been eating healthy? Uh, trim Healthy Man, I call it. Um, I'm trying to get there. It's really Trim Healthy Mama, but uh, that sounds really ridiculous, right? You know, I don't want to say I'm Trim Healthy Mama, but anyway. So <laughs> I'll have to admit it, it's been tough. Um, I haven't delighted in everything that was that was healthy. Friday we had pizza. And it wasn't. Trim Healthy Man pizza. It was regular, greasy, gut bomb, delicious pizza. I delighted in every, I overindulged, I'll be honest. I delighted in it. Listen, is that how the word of God is to you? I couldn't wait to put that pizza down the neck, I'll tell you that. Um, And so, and believe, I I need to get healthy. I gotta wear my blues. I got a court martial I'm a part of here coming up. And and my blues I can wear, but I don't think I want to wear them in my current condition for a week straight. Um, I want to be able to breathe during that week. So um, listen, are you delighting in the Word of God? Does it bring you pleasure uh, to get into the Word of God and and just to enjoy and to muse on Scripture uh, and and to get in those things? So I I encourage you, if you're not there, uh, again, go back and ask God to give you that desire. Uh, and I think if you begin doing it and practicing it, it, it cultivates in, in an environment where it, it becomes uh, more of a desire. Uh, as you learn God, uh, learn of God, you want to learn of Him more and more. And so uh, <clears throat> think on God's Word during every part of the day and night. Uh, and when we do that, when we meditate on it, it really helps us personalize God's Word and, and truths. And it really helps us to obey it because we're digesting it. And we're figuring out how to apply it to every aspect that we face. Uh, but it has to be there in order to do it. And listen, I think Christians are so guilty of James one twenty two, But be doers of the word and not yeah. hearers only. Deceiving your own selves. I think we're guilty of just being hearers only. We deceive ourselves and we soothe our conscience because we were there. And, and maybe we did read and check it off, but... Uh, listen this morning, living a pure life is possible when you memorize, verbalize, and personalize God's word. Uh, as we attain and, and, and really maintain a pure life, uh, we can experience joy and peace and comfort like never before. There's nothing like being right with God and, and living a pure life and, and uh, keeping a short account with God. And listen this, this morning, what worries are keeping you up at night? God's word can filter out those thoughts and replace them with pure, delightful promises. If you would just have God's word in your heart. Hide it there. Make it a point. Uh, It says to take heed. That means to give attention to this matter. It's not just a passing thing. It's something we have to... It's a verb. It's an action. Something we have to do in order to enjoy the benefits thereof. Father, we do thank you, Lord, for this day. I thank you for your word. And I pray, Lord, that each and every one of us would hide it in our hearts. I pray that we would make the effort to memorize it, Lord, and that you would help us, Lord, to verbalize it and to be bold. And, Lord, Father, that you would just help us to meditate and to grow closer to you. And, Lord, that you would consequently purify our hearts and lives, Lord, that you would prune us and to make us meet in vessels of honor for your use. And we pray, Lord, for your blessing on the service to follow. Lord, we ask for your Holy Spirit filling. Do a work that only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen.